You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 67, The Problem with Praise. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about praise. And so I'm going to read a bit of praise for the podcast, a review that came in last week, and it's from Jess and Der Mama. It's titled Smart Listening. And it says, I just listened to a few of Pam's podcasts. I love her healing voice and helpful strategies. Her upbeat attitude and information makes listening to her addictive in a good way. So thank you, Jess and Der Mama, for taking the time to write a review. I'm so glad you're enjoying the podcast. And for all of you listening, if you're getting value from these episodes, please give back by writing a review so that even more moms can benefit. And tell your mama friends about it too. Help spread the word about less drama, more mama around the world. Okay, so now let's talk about praising our kids. Just like in last week's episode about rewards, I want to raise your awareness about praise. Explain how some praise can be counterproductive and send a message you probably don't intend to convey. And then offer alternatives and examples for what to say instead. The idea of using praise to motivate kids really took off after the publication of The Psychology of Self-Esteem in 1969, which suggested that many of the problems of American society resulted from a lack of self-esteem. And so praise became a way to boost kids' self-esteem. Then in the 1980s and 1990s, some scholars started to argue that instead of raising self-esteem, praise actually had the opposite effect. Go figure. (laughs) It undermined motivation, created pressure to continue performing well, discouraged risk-taking, and decreased independence. As we say in my family, oy vey. We've all said things like, you're such a good boy, you're so smart, that drawing is beautiful, and good job to our kids. Their faces light up when we say such things, and we feel good about it. So what's the problem? Right? First rewards, now praise. Can't we say or do anything nice for our kids anymore? Of course we can, and we should. This episode is about understanding the not-so-obvious ways in which praise can backfire. And it's about giving you information so you can consciously choose what you say to help set your kids up for the greatest amount of success possible. Praise is defined as the expression of approval or admiration for something or someone. When you praise someone, you're expressing your approval and judgment of them. This is a form of extrinsic motivation, motivation that comes from the outside rather than intrinsic motivation that comes from the inside. When you excessively praise kids, they learn to depend on your evaluation of them and seek your approval 
rather than form their own opinions and evaluations of themselves. They begin to believe that what others think is more important than what they think, and they make decisions based on what they believe will please others. They learn to conform rather than follow their own instincts and try new things. In episode 37, I talked about people-pleasing, and I encourage you to check out that episode if you think you might be raising kids who are overly concerned with pleasing everyone else at their own expense. So the research suggests that rather than giving kids feedback about their ability to do something, it's better to give them feedback about their effort, the work they've done to get there. For example, let's say your daughter comes home from school with a 90% on her spelling test. You might say, wow, you're so smart. That would be praising her ability. And of course, you'd do this with the best of intentions. You'd want her to feel good, to boost her self-confidence and reinforce her feeling of competence, right? But the studies show that praising a person's ability can create a feeling of pressure to continue performing well and live up to that label. Remember, I talked about this just a couple of weeks ago in the episode about labeling kids. When praised for their ability, kids reject challenges or activities that might expose their flaws or cause them to fail. Whereas kids praised for their effort were more likely to accept challenges, try new things, and take more risks. Praising your daughter's effort about her spelling test would sound like your studying really paid off. It's still giving positive feedback, but the emphasis is on what she did to get the grade, not who she is as a person. Kids who are praised for their ability often adopt a fixed mindset and think, when I succeed, it's because I'm smart. When I fail, it must mean I'm not smart. There's nothing I can do to improve because it's just who I am so I might as well not bother to try. Kids who are praised for effort adopt more of a growth mindset and think failure is the path to success. With effort and practice, I can get better at this. It's totally within my control. So we want to avoid praising kids for things over which they have no control, like their physical traits or their natural athletic and artistic abilities. And instead, we want to offer praise about things they can control, their effort, their attitude, commitment, determination, decision-making, and kindness. And we want to make our praise specific, not general. When we use very general praise, like, you're so amazing, it can leave kids feeling confused, uneasy, and even a little suspicious. They wonder what they even did to deserve the praise. So we want to be specific when giving feedback and describe what we see. Children want to be seen, not judged. The next time your child says, Mommy, Mommy, watch me on the swings. Instead of saying, Great job, honey. Describe what you see. You're pumping your legs and swinging higher and higher. When she shows you a picture, rather than saying, That's beautiful. Try, Wow, those colors are so vibrant. Tell me about it. When your son cleans up his room, you might say, I really appreciate how you put all of your books back on the bookshelf and put your clothes in the hamper. When you describe rather than evaluate kids' behavior, it leaves you free to love them unconditionally and leaves them free to make their own evaluations of their efforts and accomplishments based on how they feel. You can start your sentences with the words, I noticed or I appreciated. 
I noticed that you turned off the iPad right away when I called you to dinner. I noticed that you offered to share your toys with your sister. I appreciated how patient you were waiting with me at the doctor's office today. While focusing on effort is important in developing a growth mindset, it doesn't mean that we ignore the outcome altogether. Carol Dweck, the author of the book Mindset, says that the goal should be to teach students that effort is a means to learning and progress. The goal is not simply to make kids feel good about their lack of progress. When students try hard but fail to progress, we can begin by appreciating their effort, but then we need to sit with them and say, show me what you've tried and let's figure out what you can try next, or tell me exactly what your thought process was when you did it this way, and let's see if there are other ways that you can try. That brings me to another alternative to praise, which is to shift your focus from what you think to what your child thinks by asking lots of questions. Like, what do you think of your drawing? How were you able to hit the ball so high? You got an A on your paper. Is that subject interesting to you? You got a C on your test. How could you study differently the next time to improve your grade? What did you enjoy most about your performance in the play? How do you feel about what you just did? You didn't give up. What made you keep going? Be curious and focus on the learning and growing of their experiences. Allow your children to decide for themselves how they feel about their accomplishments while you just show up and love them no matter what. In 2012, an article titled, What Makes a Nightmare Sports Parent and What Makes a Great One?, revealed the one thing parents say to kids that makes them feel good during and after a ball game. That one thing is, I love to watch you play. There's no evaluation of the child, no praise or criticism of how they played, just love. Praise should be genuine, specific, and used sparingly. In East Asian cultures, praise is thought to be harmful to a child's character if given too frequently. And Chaim Ginnott, a well-known child psychologist and parent educator in the 1960s, said, Praise, like penicillin, must not be administered haphazardly. There are rules and cautions that govern the handling of potent medicines, rules about timing and dosage, cautions and possible allergic reactions. There are similar regulations about the administration of emotional medicine. So think of it like sugar. A little sprinkle is sweet, but too much is a bad thing. Resist the urge to praise one child in front of another, especially if your intent is to manipulate the behavior of the unpraised one. This kind of praise doesn't make anyone feel good and pits siblings against one another. You're better off praising in private and finding positive feedback to share with each child. Finally, don't do what I call the boost and switch, kind of like a bait and switch, where you praise your child and then put them down. An example of this would be, wow, you spent a lot of time cleaning your room. Sure took you long enough. Give the praise and leave it at that if you want the positive behavior and feeling to last. Now, if you're like most parents, you're used to offering general empty praise like, good job, a lot. And it's not always easy to break out of that habit. Now that you're aware of some of the different ways to offer feedback, you can start to experiment with them and practice describing what you see, being specific, and asking questions to elicit your child's opinions. 
When you slip up and say, good job, don't beat yourself up about it. Use it as an opportunity to add something else, a specific example or a follow-up question. Eventually, you'll get the hang of it and start to notice that you feel better too. Okay, Mama, thanks for listening today. Don't forget that if you like what you're hearing on the podcast and want to apply these concepts to your own life, I offer a free mini session to see whether my coaching is right for you. You can sign up at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.